This Faith and Finance podcast is underwritten in part by Movement Mortgage. Movement provides residential home loans in all 50 states. Founded in 2008, amidst one of the biggest financial meltdowns in American history, Movement set forth on a mission to create a movement of change in their industry, in corporate cultures, and in communities. First, they pioneered a unique approach to home loans centered around helping home buyers quickly and easily. Then they created a model so that a portion of their profit creates a long-term positive impact in communities both close to home and around the globe through the Movement Foundation and Movement Schools. It all comes back to their mission to love and value people. Learn more at movement.com faith. Movement Mortgage LLC supports equal housing opportunity, NMLS number 39179. For licensing information, please visit nmlsconsumeraccess.org. The Bible never calls borrowing a sin. On the other hand, God's Word doesn't have much good to say about debt. Hi, I'm Rob West. Scripture repeatedly warns us about the dangers of borrowing. Proverbs 22.7 gets right to the point. The borrower is slave to the lender. Today, we'll look at a situation where you might be tempted to borrow, but shouldn't. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Okay, so as the economy teeters on the edge of recession, small businesses are beginning to feel the pinch. A couple of years ago when the economy was booming, they may have sought to expand, plowing more revenue back into the business. But now money is getting tighter. Cash flow isn't what it used to be. Maybe it gets tougher every week to meet payroll. Suppliers are having to wait longer for payment. So if you're a small business owner, what's the solution? Well, this is where temptation enters the picture specifically the temptation to tap into your home's equity. You may even be seeing commercials saying something along the lines of, it's your money, use it however you want. And while it might seem like the equity in your home would be a good source of quick cash to get you through a tough time, is it really? Today we're going to consider a question that's front and center for many families who own a business. Uh, Listen to Sherry's story. Sherry's husband is self-employed in the trucking industry. A few years ago, they sold one of their trucks and used the profit to make a down payment on a home. Now they're facing serious cash flow problems because of fuel costs lingering supply chain issues, and the increasing time it takes clients to pay them. The business still owes money on much of the equipment, and Sherry says even if they sold it all, they wouldn't break even. Sherry wants to know if now would be a good time to use the equity in their home to keep the business going. Well, Sherry, uh, the short answer to your question is absolutely not. Uh, Don't use your home as collateral to cover business debt. You'd put yourself at risk of losing your business and your home if you can't make the payments. Of course, dealing with a struggling business is never easy. If you're in that position, here are a few things to consider. Uh, Perhaps most important, there's a relational aspect to this issue. If you're married, are you and your spouse in agreement about how to proceed with your struggles? 
struggling business. In any case, it's so important to pray together about this, asking God to reveal a path that you both can agree on. Then you can look at the economic conditions. Right now, the economy is slowing. Fuel prices remain high, and you can reasonably expect that payments from your customers will only get slower. Uh, Consider the long-term future for your business. What are your goals? Ask yourself, is it time to call it quits before you get yourself deeper into debt? It's always smart to seek wise advice from a financial planner, or you can talk to other business owners who've been there. One thing you'll likely hear from them is that it's not a good idea to mix personal and business finances, and that using your home equity to keep your business afloat only puts your family's future in jeopardy, so avoid that. Another thing to consider when discussing the future of your small business is your emotional attachment to it. Business decisions should never be based on emotions. It's difficult for an entrepreneur to give up a business, but most successful ones will tell you that they failed at one before achieving success with another. So giving up on a failing business isn't the end of the world. Finally, ask yourself, what is God trying to tell you through this financial challenge? Whatever that is, you know you can trust God to lead you to a better place. And one final thought, we're called to practice absolute honesty and integrity at all times, especially in our finances. Business owners have a unique opportunity to witness for Christ in the marketplace. People are watching you and how you act in troubled times can help point others to Christ. Remember, money is a tool, it's a test, but it's also a testimony to the world, especially in challenging times. Proverbs 11.1 tells us a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight in his delight. And 2 Corinthians 8.21 says, For we aim at what is honorable, not only in the Lord's sight, but also in the sight of man. So we want to thank Sherry for her really important question. And by the way, if you have one, the lines are open right now. We'd love to hear from you. The number to call is 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. We want to help you be a wise and faithful steward of God's money. It's a high calling, so let's do it together. Stay tuned. We're just getting started. God has entrusted his finances to you, and we at FaithFi have designed our FaithFi app to help you live, give, owe, and grow with that perspective. Our FaithFi app is the leading biblically-based finance app. You can manage your money, get top biblical financial resources, and interact with a community of like-minded believers, where you can ask questions, get answers, and share what you're learning. Go to faithfi.com and click the word app to get started. What if buying groceries, gas, or dining out could help change lives? With Christian Community Credit Union's Cards That Give to Missions, you can help spread the gospel, combat human trafficking, and protect vulnerable children with every purchase at no cost to you. Apply for your card today. More information is available at joinchristiancommunity.com. That's joinchristiancommunity.com. The Credit Union is an underwriter of this ministry. Membership eligibility required. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West, your host. All right, it's time to take your calls and questions today on anything financial. We've got some lines open, and we'd love to hear from you. The number to call is 800 
800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. Let's begin today in Chicago. Hi, Flora. Thank you for calling. Go right ahead. Hi. My question was about an adjustable rate mortgage. Uh, It's due to a a so-called explode 2035. So uh, I have an annuity of 1,200 and my mortgage is 1,200. That's the income. So I wanted to know what I couldn't get a mortgage. I couldn't get a loan. So what do I do now? Okay, so you have a loan now on your mortgage, and the payment is equal to the income you're receiving from your annuity, but the payment has been going up with the adjustable rate. Is that right? Uh, slightly, yes. The, the The rate is three thousand. I mean, three percent, but the uh, it's it's high because my uh, uh, taxes is is due to be renewed, or what do you call it? Go down because I'm a senior. Okay. Yes. Well, that's great. But but has the interest rate on the mortgage been rising? No, it's three percent. Okay, so it's a fixed rate mortgage, though, yes. right? But it. But oh, okay. It's, well, that. Go ahead. No, uh, that's good because if you had an adjustable rate mortgage uh, with these rates headed up, you would have been increasing that payment would have been increasing dramatically along with the mortgage interest rate. But given the fact that you're locked in at a a really low interest rate, given where rates are today, uh, that's a good thing. Um, So what is the main question you're trying to wrestle with at this point? I hope to be able to be close to paying it off, but what's going to happen if I don't? Um, Okay, I'm not following you. So you, you've this mortgage will last if you just continue to pay the minimum payment, the scheduled payment. You'll pay it off in 2035. Is that what you said? I believe so. They said that's when okay. it's due to uh, all of the uh, interest will come due. I see. Okay, so it's a balloon, meaning yes. you're going to pay the interest on the back end? Uh, uh, that's what they said, yes, but I don't ah, see it. Got it. Okay. Well, what you need is an amortization schedule. That's the term for it. I would call your mortgage servicer, whoever you pay your bill to, and ask them for an amortization schedule to show you what your scheduled monthly payments are. And then if there's this balloon on the back end, uh, because they either moved, uh, you know, during the pandemic or some event, financial event in your life, or just because you had a balloon mortgage, although we don't see those typically, uh, if they moved a lot of the interest to the back end, you'll see exactly the date and what will be owed. And the idea is that you would need to either refinance prior to that point so that you can get uh, on a regular fixed amortized mortgage where it's the same monthly payment for the life of the loan until it's paid off, or you're going to have to sell the property so that you can satisfy the loan if you don't have the assets to be able to pay off that large balloon payment on the back end. Um, is that the challenge that you're wondering, how are you going to stay in the house if you can't refinance it? Yes, I thought maybe there was another option somewhere. But like you said, uh, that sounds good because, like I say, I have a annuity, but that that might not work at the time. 
Well, the annuity is providing you a regular stream of income, which sounds like it's working right now. Uh, but if you all of a sudden have this large payment at the end to cover all of the interest, uh, you know, you would either have to pull that out of savings or you'd have some other asset that you'd have to convert to cash so you could satisfy that large balloon payment on the back end. If you're unable to do that, then you would need to, uh, you know, refinance the property. Uh, why wouldn't you be able to refinance it? Do you have bad credit or I'm, is I'm I'm reti- I'm not re- I'm retired and I'm on social security okay. but I can right. do a little work a little yeah, yeah. Okay, let's do this. Uh, what I'd like to, to do is have my team get your information. I'm going to have one of our certified financial counselors give you a call just to help you uh, look at that amortization schedule and come up with a plan on where you need to go from here. So what you will do is, if, if you're interested in this, give us your information. This won't cost you anything. One of our volunteer uh, coaches or, or counselors will give you a call. You'll get the amortization schedule from your mortgage company. And I think once you have that information, they'll be able to help you analyze it and talk about what your options are. Does that sound good? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, very good. So you stay on the line. We'll get your information, and then we'll have uh, one of our certified uh, Christian financial counselors give you a call. And uh, Flora, thanks for your call today. We appreciate it very much. 800-525-7000 is the number to call. We've got some lines open today. We'd love to hear from you with whatever is on your mind. Let's head to Cleveland, Ohio. Hi, Naomi. Thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hi, Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, I have a um, question about a 529 uh, plan. Um, I bought a plan to try to have some kind of an inheritance for my grandchild um, and have been modestly putting like Christmas presents, birthday present money in it. Um, He has recently been diagnosed with severe autism. And my daughter said, was concerned when she found out about the 529 plan about him being able to access that money when the time comes and suggested um, an ABLE fund. But I guess I'm looking for what do I do if he's never going to be able to sign for himself and won't really be, you know, essentially disabled for the rest of his life. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the ABLE account, and, and I'm sorry to hear about uh, his medical condition, uh, the ABLE account is actually a part of the same tax code under Section 529. It's just the uh, 529A, which stands for ABLE, which is the state-run savings program for eligible people with disabilities um, so that they can save in a tax-advantaged way. Um, and it's under the same code that also allows for for the 529 college savings plan. Um, And so you are able to do a transfer from the 529 college savings uh, to the 529A or ABLE. Uh, The beneficiary is the account owner and the income earned by the account is not taxed. Uh, So that makes it a pretty low cost, but very effective tool um, for uh, saving for this purpose so that you can take advantage of public benefits for income, healthcare, and food and housing assistance um, without uh, the assets in this disqualifying you in any way. So uh, what I would do, do you have a financial advisor that you work with? Well, I... (laughs) I moved from Wisconsin to Ohio to take care of my mom with dementia. So 
So my financial planner suggested that I go to somewhere in Cleveland, but I didn't know because my grandson's in California how that all would relate. Okay. So yeah. he he referred me to Ohio to somebody in Ohio, and I don't have one here. Okay. So what I do is reach out to a certified kingdom advisor there in your area who can kind of walk you through all of this, whether you qualify for the ABLE account and how you'd go about transferring it over and just understanding exactly how those accounts work. But it may be a great tool for you, especially for those funds that are already in the 529 plan to be moved over and available for his benefit throughout the rest of his life. Uh, to find a certified kingdom advisor in your state, you can just head to our website, faithfi.com and just click find a CKA. Naomi, thanks for your call today. We appreciate it. We'll be right back with much more. Stay with us. We're grateful for support from Movement Mortgage, who provides residential home loans in all 50 states. Guided by a mission to love and value people and a goal to redefine the mortgage process, Movement seeks to help others achieve their financial goals. You can find out more at movement.com slash faith. Movement Mortgage LLC supports equal housing opportunity, NMLS number 39179. For licensing information, please visit nmlsconsumeraccess.org. We are grateful for support from Praxis Mutual Funds. Praxis Mutual Funds has seven impact strategies that are designed to create positive real-world change. More information is available at praxismutualfunds.com. The fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses are contained in the prospectus and summary prospectus. This and other information is available at PraxisMutualFunds.com. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. Foreside Fund Services, LLC. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. We want to be a hopeful, encouraging, but Christ-centered approach to your stewardship of the financial resources God has entrusted to you. Uh, We've got some lines open today for your calls and questions at 800-525-7000. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Let's head back to the phones and uh, to Chicago. Let's see, Fort Myers. Phil, go right ahead. I have a question regarding uh, credit union versus bank. Uh, We're new to the Fort Myers area, and we're interested in finding a good local um, entity to work with. And I'm not sure if uh, the credit union, it's not FDIC insured because it's a credit union, but they do have some sort of other insurance. So I wanted wanted your take on that. Yeah, be happy to. Well, uh, you know, you could go either direction. Credit unions, especially if you want a local relationship, tend to have lower fees and better interest rates on savings accounts and loans than brick-and-mortar banks that you might find in your area. Now, where you can find as competitive rates or even better rates in some cases is through the online banks. But if you want a local branch that you can walk into, get to know someone, you probably do want to look at a credit union option just to take advantage of those lower fees and higher interest rates. Um, The FDIC equivalent uh, for uh, credit unions is the same in terms of, you know, the protection that it provides. Um, So, you know, you're going to get the same, uh, you know, insurance um, based on the failure of that institution, whether you're with a credit union or a bank. It's just called a different name. Uh, So I wouldn't have any concern about that um, when you open this account. 
Well, that's wonderful. That's good news, and thank you so much. I appreciate your uh, helping me out with that uh, decision. Okay, you're welcome. Thanks for uh, calling into the program today. We appreciate it. Uh, by the way, as you are looking at that, what the uh, the term is NCUA, you are going to want to look for that. That means they're a part of the government agency that protects credit union members. On occasion, you will find credit unions that are through a state uh, charter, and they're going to have potentially private insurance, although none of those uh, have ever failed. Um, I would prefer you be with a credit union that's a part of the NCUA, the National Credit Union Administration, and that is essentially exactly the same as FDIC. Phil, we appreciate your call today. Thanks for being on the program. Uh, 800-525-7000 is the number to call. We've got some lines open today, and we'd love to hear from you. Our team is standing by. To St. Charles, Illinois, Debbie, go right ahead. We are selling our home, and by God's goodness, we're going to net over three hundred seventy-five to four hundred thousand. And we are be will be moving to Kentucky. Um, we're going to rent for short term till we find the right home and/or build. My question is, where do I park the proceeds, knowing that you can't put more than a certain amount in any one um, bank? Yeah. Well, you've got a couple of options. One is you could use multiple banks, so you could park half of it in one bank and then put the balance in another. Uh, keep in mind, you can actually get more than 250000 in FDIC insurance at the same bank as long as you have different account categories. So, for instance, one account category would be an individual account in your name only, and another investment or another uh, account category would be a joint account held jointly between you and your husband. If you did it that way and you split it between those two account types or categories, you could actually get up to 250000 on each of them. But if you wanted to have uh, the proceeds titled jointly, um, you know, uh, in terms of the whole amount and you didn't want some of it in a different category like titled individually, then you'd have to use more than one bank. And so uh, I'd probably have a primary relationship and then maybe at least uh, if you didn't use two online banks, have a second bank as an online bank that you attach electronically to the other one so you could move money back and forth. Does that sure. make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yep. Okay. Very good. Well, yeah, that, that should give you what you need. I think the key for you is, uh, you know, to go ahead and take advantage of these high interest rates. I mean, uh, how long do you have for, to park this money before you'd use it again? It could be a month. It could be nine months. Um, it's, we're moving out okay. of state, so we're not sure if we'll find a home. Things are turning over quickly down there or if we'll build. Yeah. And okay. I mean, we already have money, you know, in different online accounts and different things, but um, yeah. obviously we okay. don't want to tie it up if we find something. Yeah, very good. I think that's the key is having it readily available, liquid, but safe. And the nice thing is, you know, at 4% interest, which you can get on these high-yield savings accounts right now with FDIC insurance, on 340000 I mean, you could make, you know, nearly $14,000 over the next year. If it sits that long, I realize it may not. But I think that's definitely the direction uh, you want to head with this. So hopefully that helps you. We appreciate your call today. Thanks for being on the program. Uh, 800-525-7000 is the number to call, no matter what your financial question is today. If you want to talk about debt repayment, maybe it's saving for the future, balance 
balancing that budget or giving wisely, whatever it might be. Uh, we'd love to hear from you today. We'll help you tackle whatever you're thinking about financially. Let's take an email. These come into us every day at askrob at faithfi.com. And um, we'll tackle this one from Yvonne. She says, I listened to your program. Someone called in asking about I-bonds. I heard uh, about them about a year ago, but I didn't invest in them. But I'd love to know your thoughts. What do you think uh, today? And uh, what I would say is I-bonds were fairly attractive uh, last year. Uh, that really is no longer the case. Uh, we just got the new rate uh, as of May the 1st that's going to be good for the next six months. And it's down to the composite rate is now at 4.3%. Now, keep in mind, um, last year we were up at 96 Uh The latest rate that just expired in May was 6.8%. Those were very attractive, obviously, with, very, with essentially a zero-risk investment. Uh, but now that it's down at 4.3%, Uh, And given the fact that with an I-bond, you've got to lock up the money for at least 12 months, even though uh, you can get it back after 12 months with a small penalty, uh, you absolutely can't touch it for 12 months. And if you look right now, you can get a a 12-month CD at over 5%. So there would be uh, no reason to put money new money, in my opinion, into an I-bond, lock it up for 12 months when you could get a better rate and a certificate of deposit. And keep in mind, this 4.3 rate is only good for six months. We'll get a new one in October. And given the Fed's focus on um, getting inflation under control through raising interest rates, I expect that rate will continue to come down. So I would say, unless there's a real specific purpose for it, Yvonne, I'd probably pass on I-bonds given uh, this new rate is significantly below what you can get on a CD. We appreciate you writing in to us. Folks, if you have a question, feel free to send it along. Just email it to askrob at faithfi.com. We'd love to tackle it. Well, once again, our time went by way too fast, but tune in next time and we'll do it all over again. Before we go, I'd like to thank our incredible production team, Amy, Devin, Jim, Robert, Brandy, Rob, and Ben. Couldn't do it without them. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you again next time for another edition of Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.